Welcome to another episode of Everything College Basketball Podcast, where you'll find out everything that happened in the college hoops world. Now, here's your host of the show, Josh, Peyton, and Tyler. Welcome to episode number 28 of Everything College Basketball. I'm, of course, Josh Burton. I'm Peyton Burton. Tyler Cook. And as you've just heard, no surprise to anybody, Zion Williamson becomes the number one overall draft pick of the 2019 NBA draft. Uh, It was kind of set in stone pretty much all year, but it became official on Thursday night as the NBA draft took place. And that's what today's show is all about. We are going to basically review the draft, give our thoughts, um, sleepers, bust, great picks, and then everything to follow up from it. But before we get on, of course, I'd like to thank um, Applied Right Painting Services, the sponsor of this show, sponsor of everything we do. Applied Right Painting Services is the only place you need to go for all your painting needs. Um, fellas, NBA Draft 2019 is in the books. We will get into it in the next segment, but rapid fire real quick. What was your initial thoughts? Um, initial thoughts, because I watched the whole first, or basically the whole first round of the draft. Uh, Zion Williamson on number one, completely no shock there. The lottery was not a shock until one particular guy. I'll talk a little more in the next segment, though. Uh, so a couple particular uh, picks in the lottery draft that kind of surprised me a little bit uh, that I'm ready to talk to. Um, just all around, pretty good draft, honestly. I agree. I think everybody picked what they needed. So I, I like, I know I mentioned before, I like best available, but people were picking what they needed, and there's nothing wrong with that. And It, it seemed like it fit the mold as far as what people needed. There was a couple head scratchers like Peyton touched on, but – We'll cover that here later. Yeah, and the draft always, it's the final culmination of the complete end of the season. Uh, and the season starts technically in October when you can really get ramped up with practices. And it, it it ends in a way with the national championship, but it really officially ends with the draft because that's when these players move on and uh, start their journeys elsewhere. But it's always a cool deal. Um, I enjoy watching the – who wears the wackiest suits? Who uh, best dressed? Uh, yeah, who? Too. <laughs> uh, so uh, lots of craziness. We'll we'll dive deep into, and we'll answer some of your fan questions too in the next segment. Today's all about the NBA draft, but like I said, no surprise. Zion number one. We'll get in that here in a little bit. Um, what we'll do? Go ahead and do now is recruiting doesn't stop. Uh, it's still hot and heavy into the recruiting season. A lot of news going on, so we'll turn it over to Mister Recruiting himself. Starting off, Virginia Tech has offered four-star sophomore Bryce McGowans on his official, unofficial visit last week. Minnesota has extended an offer to four-star junior DJ Gordon. Michigan and Ohio State have now offered five-star sophomore Michael Foster. Oh, look at that. We got a little uh, Buckeye-Wolverine rivalry in the hard, hard hood where they are. Hard. Hardwood. No, hardwood. Good Lord. 
But it, that that hey, didn't, hey, yeah, that did not sound right coming off. Sound like me trying to say a name. Hard hardwood. <laughs> hardwood. A hardwood. Uh, they're, they're they're battling for a fucking basketball recruit. Five star sophomore Apollo Bencharo has landed an offer from the University of Kentucky. Vanderbilt has offered five-star sophomore Nate Bittle. Have you noticed, with the exception of the junior DJ Gordon, these have all been sophomores? Yep. Every single one. So, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, Tyler, the like these teams are now really digging into freshman, sophomore, and trying to get their, their foothold in there early. Mm-hmm. You're not, they're not waiting until senior year no more. Well, you notice it's like the Vanderbilts and the Arkansas, the, the teams that are on the outside looking in as far as conference contention that are really trying to do this because it, it shows loyalty and it shows that they want them trying to get in there and fight with the big dogs. Could you imagine being – it's one thing to be like a senior, but could you imagine being like some of these freshmen sophomores that have like – like say you're Imani Bates, right? You're an incoming sophomore now. Um, or one of these five-star sophomores. You're, you're – what? 15, 16 years old, and you're in school and you're getting offers from Kentucky, Ohio State, Michigan, Kansas. Could you imagine that? No. Could you imagine, put it this way, could you imagine as a sophomore Tyler Cook sitting in Mr. Engelbert's Earth and Space class or whatever, right? And you're sitting there going through your textbooks and all of a sudden you get a call from the principal uh, Mr. Cook, we need you down to the office. You come down, and you've got John Calipari waiting on you to talk to you. Well, if it was Calipari, I'd tell him to bite me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. It, it would, it would be, it'd be a shell shock. You know, I was, the only thing I was wanting to do is ride my moped and chase cheerleaders. But uh, you, know, you, don't, you don't think of that. But these, these kids are getting put in positions earlier and earlier that they, they kind of shouldn't be. But, you know, these schools are, are trying to sink their bait early, trying to throw the hook and get a bite. Arizona signing Terry Armstrong has announced he will forgo college, his college career and explore professional opportunities. Well, let's spend a second on that. First of all, Arizona, we've mentioned for all summer, they're going to be loaded. Losing Terry hurts some. It, it, won't, it won't hurt him entirely, but it does hurt him some. Um, anytime you lose a four-star kid, it's going to affect you. But this is the thing I talked about that I feared when we talked about R.J. Hampton. And then we seen it last week with Kenyon Martin Jr. And now we see it with Terry Armstrong. These guys are wanting to go play in New Zealand or the Australian League. Not even – and they're fine leagues. But if you're at least going to leave to go play professional Mm -hmm. ball before the NBA, try to get to Europe. Do yourself a favor and get to the Euro League. Play for the Panthenacos. Play for the Real Madrids. Play for those big European clubs that, you know – Make people ready. You look at Luka Doncic. You look at Ricky Rubio. You look at all these guys that played in the European system, become NBA like stars sometimes. In like Luka Doncic's case, they're like Kristaps uh, Porzingis, superstars. Not too many come from the Australian league no. that are. I mean, they're good players, but they're not superstars. And you guys got like this. Terry Armstrong could have benefited way more. Playing his one or two years at Arizona with the spotlight bright, getting a good, you know, education, even if the the you know, Arizona is gonna be sanctioned. It's not gonna hurt him. They'll just not get to play in the tournament or whatever, but he can still get drafted. But man, if you're taking a quick paycheck, you could take the easy money now that could cost you big money later. 
Oh yeah, that's I don't understand it. These, like you said, go to the year. If if anything, go to the Euro League. These D one schools can go over there, and they could probably smash most of these Australian teams, or even Canada. Like if they went to Canada, I mean, I know Canada's ramping up, but those kids are coming here, like R J Barrett and all these kids, like Andrew Wiggins. The, the Canadians are coming to college mm-hmm. here in the U S. because of the fact that they get more exposure. But if if you're going over here to like China and all this crap, it's just it's you're not getting you're not getting the exposure that you should get. I didn't mind RJ Hampton going over or going to Australia and play. And now it seems like ever since he done it, everybody's doing it now. He set a new trend and at the time I liked it or kinda liked it, and now I'm I'm not a big fan of it. But see that's what I said. I said I was a you go back to what a couple episodes ago and you'll hear me basically verbatim say I'm afraid that it opens the floodgates open. Yep. And now you'll see kids, and and it should be said too. Lamelo or uh, is it Lamella? Lamella Ball is going over to Australia too to play, but he had no choice. He he had no college eligibility. Like he couldn't have got in. Yeah, he gave it up. And he's a different story. He's already played professional, so he has to. And I actually think of all of them. Lamella Ball has got the highest ceiling, even more so than RJ Hampton. That that kid can take away how stupid his dad is. Lamella Ball can get after it. He can play. He, he can really play. can play. He needs he to get stronger. Play. Just got to get like most of the kids. He's got to get stronger, and he's got to take stuff a little bit more serious. Sometimes he tries to. do – He'll pass. Like ever since he went overseas and played and came back this year in high school, he'll dish out ball. He'll dish out the ball more than he used to, but he does it in a flashy way instead of just making the simple pass. If he hones himself in and becomes more mature and developed, I'm telling you, Lamelo Ball, Lamelo Ball can stay in the league for a long time. Possibly, I gotta happen. I I don't really like Lamelo that often. I think he has an attitude problem, but maybe that can change when he goes to Australia. Since you already booked the news right now, uh, moving on more recruiting news. You got senior your state has landed four star commitment junior, four star junior Lamont Butler. Virginia will host four star junior Jabri Abdur Rahim. For an official visit on June twenty eighth to the thirtieth. Is that Abdullah? Is that Raheem that played for the for the Vancouver Grizzlies back in the day, or the Nuggets, or whatever? Ooh. Is that his son? I wonder. Because that's the only Abdul Raheem I know. I don't know. Uh, I'll be possibly. looking this. Up. I'm gonna look this up real quick while you continue. All right. Clemson has extended an offer to five star sophomore JT Thor. Got to see him play at Nike URBL. Oh, yes, that's the kid I that's really like. That's the kid from um, Boo Williams. Boo Williams, yeah. Yeah, Boo so. Williams. Big. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I do too. Um, Michigan State hosts their top 35 sophomore, Caleb First, for an unofficial visit last week. Kansas State has extended an offer to five star sophomore, Amino Mohammed. Don't do it. <laughs> Miami has extended an offer to five star junior, Earl Timberlake. Arizona has hosted wait, oh yeah, has hosted five star sophomore Devin Devin Askewter for an unofficial visit last week. Virginia Tech has offered five star sophomore Chad Holcomb. Kentucky has extended an offer to 2024 star Cameron Fletcher. Cameron Fletcher plays for Bradley Beal. Yeah, yep. And he we didn't get a chance to watch him at the Nike YBL, but man, he was putting up some crazy stats. Mm-hmm. I remember him. We didn't get to watch him. It sucked, but I remember him. There's so many talented teams up there. It was just impossible. Yeah. Oh, boom, found it. Don't mean to bump in. Go ahead. Um, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, that did play for the Vancouver Grizzlies, played for Atlanta Hawks, played for Portland Trailblazers. Back in the day, 
I mean, he was just nicknamed Reef. I mean, he was he was a special player back in the '90s, kind of do it all. Uh, scored 15,000 career points in the NBA, 18.1 points per game. He was uh, first team All Pac-10 in 1996, Pac-10 Player of the Year in 1996, All American, third team All American 1996, All NBA Rookie Team. So you kind of get the, the yeah. deal. Sharif was a good player, right? Yep. Um, he was actually two time Mister Georgia Basketball too, but uh, that is his son. Um, cool. What, what did he, what we say his name was? Jabar Jabri. Jabri. Yeah. So very very cool. And I want who do you have on his list? Uh, let me go back and find it. Because uh, Sharif went oh, to Virginia. He's getting a. Uh, Official Very cool, because Sharif went to California. I knew the name sounded familiar. He was actually the third pick of – oh, here's the one. Talk about NBA draft. The third pick overall in the 1996 NBA draft. Then 1996 considered one of the greatest drafts of all time. That's when I had Kobe. Steve oh, Nash. That's when I had – Garnett. Uh, was Garnett uh, – Iverson was in it. Iverson, Iverson went one. Ooh. I think Ray Allen was in it. Yeah. Kobe, that's the Kobe draft. Antoine Walker was in it, and Sharif went third. Damn. Yeah. Well, when you average <clears throat> 18 points over your career in the NBA, that's that's Jeez. warranted. Yeah. Isn't it crazy, though, especially for you and I, Josh, is that we're getting to see the players that we grew up watching, their kids are coming in. Dude, now. I know. Kenya Martin's son, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James' son coming up now. Remember, a few, a, bit later remember a few years back, too, Glenn Rice Jr. came through. We've seen mm-hmm. – um, no, Glenn seen, Rice the third, wasn't Glenn, it? Or no, no, uh, Glenn Robinson the third. Glenn Robinson yeah. the third. But Glenn Rice Jr. played at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was. I'll have to look that up. Glenn Mark. Rice. That was the reason why I wore 41 for, forever was Glenn Rice. Hmm, I didn't know. Yeah. fucking stroke. I mean, we've already yeah. seen Michael Jordan's sons oh, both come suck, through. Though. Well, the one wasn't bad at UCF. Marcus Man, you know, or yeah. whatever. He wasn't bad. If, if you don't go in there and average 20 points in the league as a Jordan son, you suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's hard, my, It is. That, that's there's, very, there's very no, You cannot fail. She was just like Bronny Jr. He can't oh, fail. Glenn Rice Jr. Um, released from Israel's top team after punching teammate. This was that's last year. That's what I'm talking but about. But he was drafted in the second round, played for the 76ers Wizards. But, yeah, I agree. It's weird for us that all these guys we idolize and watch when we were growing up from the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, they've got sons and stuff like that coming through. I'm like, whoa. Glenn Rice on the Hornets was my favorite shooter to watch of all time. Dude, lit it up, lit it up. But anyways, we kind of went off on a tangent, yeah, but okay, yeah, care. that is um, Sharif Abdul Rahim's son. That's pretty cool. We we'll definitely cool. keep an eye on him now. Yep, <clears throat> uh, Louisville hosted 2021 Five Stars. Zion Harmon unofficial visit last week. We've seen Zion. <clears throat> he a uh, small guard, got a lot of potential. Shot got to get better. Work on that jump shot, homie. He can set the table. Good defender. Quick. He's got to get better at that jumper. But he's a kid from Kentucky. Um, he's a kid that for years coming up through the middle school ranks was number one player in his class. But as they got in high school, he kind of dropped. I think he's like 20th now. But yeah. He's like a small kid, though. He's yeah. small. Yeah. yeah. Um, Baylor has landed 2021 top 54 Dane Deja. 2024 star Jerem Cook has committed to LSU. And you already said my former five star Lamelo Ball has announced he will play football. Oh, I didn't even know you. I didn't even know. Eloir or Hawks in Australia. So him, RJ Hampton, Kenyon Martin, Junior. Yeah, yeah. The Australian league, I'm sure he'll get some eyes on it now. I'm sure, ESPN Plus will pick it up. You know, and but our our buddy over there might get a chance to go see some of them. That's right. Shout out to um, Matthew Matthew Newman. Hey, dude. I know we haven't. You know, you kind of pop in and out. I know you're busy and all that. But, bro, you're right there in Australia. 
Go check it out and report for us. That'd go, be dope. Go rush to court and get a selfie with RJ Hampton. Yeah, that'd be dope. <laughs> so other on recruit- ESPN and ECB podcast. Uh, other mm-hmm. recruiting news Peyton doesn't have listed, but it's the biggest recruiting drama going on right now is involves the biggest transfer out there. Yep. Um, Kerry Blackshear Jr. has made all of his visits. Um, you know, Kentucky just visited Kentucky this past week. The visit was said to go good. At one point, there was rumors came out that he was going to land a commitment while he was there. That didn't happen. And Evan Daniels, the Mr. Recruiting, too. I mean, yep. Mr. Recruiting, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, has basically been on the trail in this and said that he kind of favors Tennessee now for Kerry Blackshear and that the decision could come as early as today. Mm-hmm. So we'll go ahead and just kind of talk about this for a second. Every, we All year, we've talked about how good. Kerry Blackshear Jr. is. I mean, he showed out at Virginia Tech. Tyler, what was your nickname for him? The Tiptoe Wonder. <laughs> Tiptoe Wonder. Kerry uh, Blackshear Jr., explosive <laughs> forward. And anybody who gets him is going to have an experienced forward who can be a huge time piece. We said last week when we talked about it, we thought it was coming down between Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee. Even though we thought maybe Arkansas, Gonzaga, A&M, a couple of them in there. I, I think who would – who did what did I say? Did I say Florida? I did. Tyler said Florida. I think I said Tennessee. I said Tennessee. I think me and you both said Tennessee, and I think it's going to end up proving to be right. Fingers crossed that the Cats still land him, um, because obviously we could use him. But if he goes to Tennessee, that changes my mind on Tennessee being preseason top twenty-five. Because I think they bring back just enough pieces. You add a guy like Kerry Blackshear, and I think Tennessee they'll be that. 20, I'd say about 18 to 24 range for me. They'll get in there just by the name value and in adding a player like this for sure. I mean, he he jumps in right away and fills that gap that Grant Williams leaves oh, behind. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a better scorer than Grant Williams. Grant Williams is probably a better rebounder and just more tenacious overall. But Blackshear gives him more length to defend, um, especially in like a, a switch on a pick-and-pop situation. Any attacks more versatile than Grant. So, what do you guys he's think? Longer about? too. He's he longer. is longer, very yeah, much longer. Um, so, and he's experienced, so that fits right in with Rick Barnes if he does choose to go there. If he goes to Kentucky, hmm, it's a debate. I mean, I think they're right there for definitely top three. You give them Kerry Blackshear, it's close. Uh, but if he goes to Tennessee, then you know. Yeah, Tennessee, good. Hey, it makes the conference even that much better. If he goes to Florida, that's a top ten team. Yeah, yeah. Dude, if he was for some reason, because everybody's saying it's down between Tennessee and Kentucky. Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, what an ass backwards world this is, too. Kentucky lose out a top recruit to Tennessee in basketball, but we dominate them in recruiting right now in football. What an ass backwards <laughs> world this is. They say that. So, um, but anyways, I have to figure I want to go ahead and punch that in because that's the biggest yeah. recruiting piece of news going on right now because mm-hmm. we we know what he brings to the table these other kids you know we we, ne- we don't know there you go he's proven. absolutely no idea he's proven that's a very very good point um whoever lands him it's like landing in a lottery pick really speaking of the nba draft yeah i mean that, that's a golden ticket right there because we've seen over the years too just how effective grad transfers are since they picked up i mean you look at even when kyle wilcher left kentucky he had been a national champion spent two years at a program at kentucky went to gonzaga and damn near became an All-American, helped lead them to uh, uh, lead a stuff like that. You know, so it, it, Kansas had their share of grad transfers work out. You just had 
the Big 12 Player of the Year. Or he, did, did he end up no, uh, Jarrett Culver. Jarrett Culver got it, but which he I was don't a, agree with. Not but, just because of my bias, but. But you you know the point. Oh, Diedrich, beautiful. Diedrich showed out. Beautiful player. Um, 19 and 10. Yeah, so he yep. showed out. Kentucky, I mean, Reed Travis, we just had one. We got another one, Nate Sestina. Louisville's been loaded with them this past season. So grad transfers work. Mm-hmm. They, they really do work. Um, you got to find the right piece of the puzzle. Yep. yep. Uh, I mean, really, though, it's it's recruiting to the next level because, like you mentioned, these, these young kids coming to high school, they're extremely talented. We know that, but they're not proven yet. You get a grad transfer, spent four years. It doesn't matter where they went. They spent some of these, like uh, Nate Sestina, I'll use him since Kentucky, spent four years a Bucknell, averaged like almost 20 a game, 10 rebounds. That's not Bucknell. It's still a D1 program. You're playing D1 talent. Yeah. So you know what you're getting when you come in. So uh, good stuff. Good yep. stuff. Oh, well, Charles Matthews left Kentucky and went on to have a better career at Michigan. Michigan? Yeah, I feel about that one. I mean, that, that was a big piece for Michigan. Uh-huh. So, grad transfers, I'm okay with it. Um, Kerry I Blackshear, like it. Well, I guarantee what happens. This is our luck. We're over here talking about Blackshear. As soon as we're done recording and post the show, he'll make us this announcement. That's happened so many times this year. Yeah, make- our uh, preseason, too early, top 25, all the people dedicated themselves to the draft, all this stuff. It's- Look, yeah. Oh. It's happened all year. Uh, we we speculate on something, and then as soon as we post the show, it uh, yeah, they wait for our release, and they they got these people zooming through to listen, and then then they make their decision based on what we say. So we're just going ahead, and <laughs> our crystal ball says Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, I would think staying in line. I mean, Evan Daniels, if he <clears throat> if he says it, then I trust him. So Rocky Top. So, but anyways, that's for kind of the recruiting portion, and everything now. We're going to turn our attention to the 2019 NBA draft, like our thoughts on a review, break down the whole draft. Obviously, you heard Zion went number one. But before we get into that, let's show a little love to our good friends, Everything Pro Wrestling. Conrad Cushman is the host of the Everything Pro Wrestling podcast. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. And you can find that show on Anchor, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all other podcast hosting sites. He also has a YouTube channel, so go to YouTube.com and the search bar, type in everything, pro wrestling, and hit that subscribe button. Yeah, for sure. And uh, also, too, we need to mention, he's, since he's been on Brain Buster Radio, he does, he does a show on there every Saturday. Every Saturday. Um, he's got some big-time guests. I mean, he has really stepped his game up with the guests he's got inside the world of pro wrestling. Some uh, underground names that are becoming big names inside the world. And some that's got some big profiles already. Um, Conrad's doing a tremendous job. Again, it's our sister's eye. Just if you're a lapsed pro wrestling fan, go give it a listen. Go give his group a follow over there, Everything Pro Wrestling on Facebook. I promise you won't be disappointed. He has great conversation. Does good stuff with us. And, uh, yeah. He's got the voice, too. Uh-huh. Conor, or Conrad, you need to get on this thing called Pfeiffer and sell your voice. For ads and stuff, I'm not kidding. You you've got the voice, and you're just you're just an easy listen. I don't even like wrestling that much anymore, but I still listen to your show just because of how you put yourself out there. So you can make a little side cash too, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> shoot me a message if you want some help. We'll figure it out. Yeah, no joke. Um, definitely, he's got a great like what you'd call radio voice, and puts out great content, knowledgeable. Doesn't talk down to you like you're a stupid mark. So Conrad does great work, and I'd be remiss too before we go on a uh, break here. Um, we're waiting on the season to start to work back and get a collab going. It is coming. 
around October, we will be back live in the studio at Premier Giants. But right now, I'm owner and operator of Premier Giants, kind of going through some medical stuff, got some kidney stones he's trying to pass. So um, if you wouldn't mind sending him some well wishes, I'm sure sure it would help. Uh, he, he seems like he's in a lot of pain right now. They suck. So, yeah, I've heard that that's as close to the childbirth for a man that you can get. Taking a fish hook through there and pulling it backwards is my experience yeah. is the way it feels. It's awful. Yeah. So, well wishes to Noah over there at Premier Giants. And we can't wait till the season roll picks back up so we can get back in the studio and do some fun content for you. But with that being said, we're going to take a pause for the cause. And when we come back, it's all about the 2019 NBA draft, our review, thoughts, feelings, draft picks, fashion, everything that you want and more. Episode number 28 of Everything College Basketball rolls on. Hey guys, Peyton here from ECB. I'm here to tell you about my wrestling podcast that's called The J3X Show. That's only on YouTube. You'll see predictions, pay-per-view views, and live streams on there. So go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. Also, go follow the show on Twitter at J3X Show. Ooh, yeah, brother. Anticipated, but you've been waiting for this moment since you were five. How would you describe being the number one overall pick in this draft? I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I didn't think I'd be in this position. My mom sacrificed a lot for me. I, w- I wouldn't be here without my mom. She did. She did everything for me. I just want to thank her. Your mom was your coach when you were coming up. She coached you until you were 14. What are the sacrifices you feel as though she made for you? She put, she put her dreams aside for mine. She always looked, she always looked out for her, the family first before herself. Mom, we can see that Zion physically emotional, as are you. What are you feeling right now in this moment? We've worked, we've worked six five for this moment. And when you know it's coming, but you just can't really, you just gotta wait for it to happen. And to watch his hard work pay off and to watch this, we're so happy for him. We're so happy. Words from number one draft pick to New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Zion Williamson, right after uh, being announced number one pick, him and his mom were interviewed. If that right there, if that, forget the, the overhype of ESPN, forget whatever, your bias towards Duke, whatever, if that doesn't touch you and at least make you want to root for the kid, then I don't know what else will. Um, like we've said all year, we don't hate Zion. I'm a fan of Zion. I love watching him. We hated the the overhyping. We hated the ESPN shoving it down our throats. But as far as the kid and the talent, I'm a Zion fan, and I'm going to love watching him in the NBA. It's not like he went to a team I dislike either. Nora Pelican's going to be a lot of fun. But that clip right there, that's special. Yeah, New Orleans put themselves in a great position with all this young talent, adding adding a huge piece like Zion, a once-a-generational type player. Uh, they, they put themselves in a position kind of like uh, Boston did a couple years ago that have all these draft picks, all these young players that they can move, interchange. They've really set themselves up to uh, 
to really succeed in the next next five to ten years. And adding Zion is is the big reason why. Peyton, just hearing that clip, and like I said, we're all in the same boat on the Zion thing, uh, fan of him. But hearing that clip, that you can see physically the tears in his eyes, and you can hear it in his voice. He was choking up. Like it, it's legit. Like it got. Like it makes you feel something. Uh huh. Um, it, it's hard not to root for the kid. Oh yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan of Zion, and I mean what you said. What you said was perfect. Um, I never hated Zion. I never once said, "Oh, I don't like Zion." I just didn't like. ESPN and CBS and all of them just blowing up his phone and all that stuff and giving them a bunch of headlines. I don't like them talking about him 24-7. I'm a huge fan of Zion. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. Great player in Pelicans. Got him. Got a great, great draft pick in Zion. So the the sec- it's like the worst-kept secret in all of basketball year. Everybody knew he was going number one um, from basically the time December started until now. Because there was talk at the beginning of the year that maybe like R.J. Barrett or somebody, but – from December on, when Zion showed out, when he showed out against Kentucky, everybody started like, oh, my God. Then when he continued doing it, it became clear who the number one player in the draft was, and it wasn't close. Um, so, Zion to the Pelicans. Uh, that's definitely an A-plus pick. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I would. He's got to work on – he's got to keep – got to keep hit, work on that jump shot because the NBA, you're playing grown men now. So, you're not going to be able to just bully everybody. But I still see him getting to the rim a lot. Uh, now you pair him up with uh, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. Like you got this young Josh Hart off the bench. You got this young core in New Orleans that's good. Should be exciting for the next few years. Should be able to run up and down. A Drew Holiday, and they're going to be as good a defensive team. They're going to be as good a defensive team now in the NBA as you'll find because Lonzo and Drew Holiday maybe be the best defensive backcourt in the NBA. Um, Zion obviously defends well. Yep. Uh, Brandon Ingram's a decent defender, but this team should be able to be young, athletic, get up and run the floor. Zion, I think, went to the perfect place for him. I know everybody for marketing wanting to go to New York, but I think right now the situation with the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans come out of this whole deal in the NBA smelling like roses. Well, their coach goes off and goes, "That's a haul, folks, for Anthony Davis." <laughs> Because you pretty much you gave up a, a guy who's a great player, but he's injury prone here recently, and you get so much in return. You get three starters, you get a number one draft pick, then you get the number four draft pick as well. I mean, it's just you get like in total three number one, are three number one draft picks accumulated? You got yeah. the number four pick, you got uh, I think a twenty twenty two number uh, twenty, basically like three number one draft picks. One this year, one next year, and one the following year. You get three, like Tyler said, three young starters. Zion Williamson now that. Here later, we'll, we'll, the Pelicans had another first-round draft pick they made. The Pelicans, man. They, it's not going to be immediately, but the next two to three seasons, everybody stays healthy, this team's going to be a handful. It could be the making. As long as they can work on shooting and hit some jump shots, they could be the making. I don't want to say get too far ahead. They have the making of what the Warriors did back. Eight nine years ago, yeah, or oh. top five team in the West, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So Zion went number one, um, kind of followed suit. The second best player in the entire draft behind Zion Williamson, and any other year would be the number one player in the draft. John Morant goes to the, the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis at earlier in the week went ahead and moved the the long standing point guard Mike Conley moved him out west to the Jazz, which all but confirmed that they were taking job number two. 
Good pick. I'm a big fan of John Morant. Um, I think he's going to need a lot of help in Memphis right now. I think there's some. I mean, he's got Jaron Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps. But really, who else? Who ain't really got much after that? It's going to be a work in progress. But I think himself, John Morant's going to be the centerpiece of Memphis moving forward. I think it's a great pick. He can put the ball in a hole too, so he's not he's not helpless out there. And and Memphis did. They did what they needed to do. Mike Conley was at the at the peak, and he was on. It's, it's down. It's downhill. At thirty one years old, it's kind of it's kind of rough. After that, for NBA players, and and they moved him to to a good team. They didn't just they didn't give him a shaft because he was a phenomenal player for Memphis, and now they come in with a, a, a talent just as good. That's going to be just as good for the, the team as Mike Conley. Mike Conley was with John Moran. Good point. Pick number three, Knicks. Draft. Dukes, R.J. Barrett. Um, no shock there. I might actually give that a B or a B plus because I love he RJ's a great player. He's tall, he's, he's athletic, he can dunk, he can shoot a little bit, he can defend if he needs to. But he didn't really I don't know how to explain this. He had a good career at Duke. He had a great first season. Had it was like twenty two points per game or somewhere around there. But New York needs a lot of help and if they're getting um, Kevin Durant Unless you start them both, or RJ plays on the bench, or I know RJ, I know Kevin Durant's injured, but yeah, he's not playing next year. Yeah, he's probably not playing next year. But still, though, um, RJ Barrett, pretty decent pick. Um, talent wise, I definitely think he warrants the number three pick. Yeah. It's, but that's hard, man, because he's got to be the superstar of New York now. They've got some good young pieces. They've got Frank Nelikatina. They've got Kevin Knox. They've got. I think Emmanuel Moutier is there, I think. I, I don't know. I don't um, but anyways, they've got some good young pieces, right? Or didn't, uh, no, I was thinking. Didn't, when the Mavericks traded for Porzingis, did they give up uh, Dennis much. Smith? Yes, Dennis Smith. He, is he in New York? Yep. I think so. E- either way. There'll be a, it's another case of the young team, but man, it's not the Pelican ceiling right now. RJ's got to come in and be the star. And this year, he was great with Zion, but he wasn't a star. No, he, he's got to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders like he did back when he was in high school playing for Team Canada. So I think it's a good pick, but I don't think he's a franchise changer. I think he needs other pieces. Yeah, he definitely needs other pieces. Moving on, pick four was the Lakers. Got traded to the Pelicans, who turned around and traded it to the Atlanta Hawks, I think. Yep, the Hawks. Um, DeAndre Hunter from Virginia. We all know how damn good he was, especially during this uh, run for the national championship during the Virginia Cavaliers. Good two-way player. NBA starting to get a lot of those now. You look at Jimmy Butler's. You look at Malcolm Brogdon's. You look at Kawhi Leonard's. You look at Clay Thompson's. All these two-way players. DeAndre Hunter fits that mold. 6'7", six, 6'8", six, wing guy. Good shot, defend you, decent handles. Um, I think he'll have to work a little bit more of his explosiveness going towards the rim in the league. But um, I, I think it's a good pick for the Hawks. Yeah. You guys got any problem with the Hawks taking that four? Absolutely not. I'm, I was very fond of this kid all year. Great pick. Yep. Number five. This one is a first head scratcher <clears throat> to me. Cleveland Cavaliers in need of a lot of pieces, and they take Darius Garland at five. Darius Garland – Five-star point guard that went to Vanderbilt, played like eight games, had a good eight games, but got injured out with the rest of the season. Still had enough talent, they thought, to go in the lottery. But number five to Cleveland doesn't make any sense. They just last year took Colin Sexton. 
I think Colin Sexton's a better player than Darius Garland anyways. But neither one of these guys have a real good jump shot. So now you've got two point guards in your backcourt, potentially, if Garland gets to play this year at all. But you're going to have two point guards in your backcourt, but neither one of them shoot the ball that well. I, I don't see the pick here. I don't either. And he, he came out wearing a bathrobe, too, to get announced. So that was a, that was another another down. That docks you down a half a grade point. But I don't know. Maybe they see something that we don't, which I don't see how because we watch this just as much as they do. And the kids was out. Like, he didn't he didn't prove anything at the collegiate level. I mean, he was in the non-conference schedule of the, of the year. He didn't get a go against the big boys in the SEC. So, I mean, maybe – Maybe there's something there. Maybe he proves me wrong, which I like that happening. Yeah. I like that with kids like this, but I don't know. I'd, I'd say it's a C at the best. Yeah, I'll give it a B minus. I definitely think Garland's a top 10 player, but since he was injured, and I don't understand why Cleveland took him because you mentioned they took Colin Sexton just last year, who's a great player. I don't really get the thought buses on that. Maybe they went best available. Maybe they went for potential. I don't really know. Trade value. Well, Some, well yeah, trade value well, maybe. I'll tell you who I thought they should have picked because they needed another score. The very next pick after him, so he was on the board. The Phoenix Suns take Big 12 Player of the Year, one of my favorite players, Jarrett Culver. I'm just sitting here trying to process this. Because he ended ended up getting traded to the Timberwolves. So the Suns and the T-Wolves swap picks. So... Jarrett Culver, drafted by the Suns, goes to Timberwolves. But either way, the Cavaliers had the pick right before. Why not take Jarrett Culver? We are all high on Jarrett Culver. The dude can score. He defends. If you play at Texas Tech, you got to defend. But he went and got buckets. He he lit up the national championship game. Yeah. yeah. He lit up the national championship game. If you're the Cavs, you could pair Colin Sexton with a guy who's going to play this year in Jarrett Culver and have a young, exciting backcourt who can go get you buckets. But instead, you take Garland. Now, I don't know. But anyways, the Suns take Culver, which end up turning the pick to the Timberwolves. Dude, you pair Jarrett Culver in, in Minnesota with – hopefully Derrick Rose comes back because he had a resurgent year. Um, Jeff Teague, Derrick Rose – Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, if he decides to come back, Timberwolves looking real nice right now. I've been I've been waiting for that team to just emerge and just come on out, but maybe maybe Culver is the the piece because this Butler Butler he just wasn't that. He had too much. He's too much of a head case over there. So hopefully Culver comes in with a positive attitude that they need to help push this this young still young core other than Derrick Rose back into uh, playoff contention. Yeah, that, that looks real nice right now for I the like Timberwolves. It. Pick number seven, Tyler. Chicago Bulls take North Carolina point guard. Yeah, Kobe White. You know, cut your hair so your hat can fit. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> was there was no point in putting the hat on. It was like uh, three feet in the air. It looked like a teddy bear with a little bitty top hat to get out of the quarter machine. <laughs> but kids can play, man. He, especially towards the end of the year, he just, he just went killer mode. Kobe White, I, I like him. Chicago is a good basketball town, and he's going to fit in there with uh, Zach Levine, who's out there jumping in sand and dunking the ball and shit. Crazy kid. But I think he's going to be a good mesh in Chicago. I like that pick. Um, the Bulls really need just pieces. They need young talent. They do have – you mentioned Zach Levine. Um, they have uh, – god dang it uh, – Wendell Carter, Jr., Played at Duke a few seasons ago. Yeah. They've got some pieces. 
Oh, the kid from uh, Arizona, if you Lori Markinen. Markinen. So they've got some young pieces, and Kobe White's going to be the starting point guard moving forward. You know, seen it in North Carolina. The kid's going to push the ball, run. His jump shot got way better as the season went on, and when he played under control, he was as good as point guard there was in America. So, hey, Chicago has pretty good history drafting North Carolina players. <laughs> Michael Jordan, yeah. greatest player of all time. And yeah, well, we'll see. Hopefully, in their case, this works out too. Uh huh. So that's already three point guards within the first seven picks. Pick eight went to Atlanta Hawks. They drafted Jackson Hayes from Texas, a big man. They end up trading that pick to the Pelicans. So the Pelicans now another big man to go along with Zion Williamson. The Pelicans are just loading up on the young talent. I don't know about this kid, though. I mean, he's he's kind of crafty, but kind of not. He's just he's there. He's just yeah. a big kid that is there. If he gets some size on him, gets a little bit more touch on him, he can be a great player, maybe even a starter or six man. But he needs he needs some work and. That, this was a puzzling pick for me as far as the trade there. But, you know, whatever. New Orleans has been doing a lot of stuff right. So if, if you have one out of the six things don't go right, you're still doing just fine. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, Jackson Hayes, could he could pan out. But, again, this is the same way with the Cavaliers. <clears throat> There's a player that drafted – the Hawks actually drafted at number 10 that if you paired him in New Orleans – Paired him back up with Zion. Now we're talking. Um, pick number nine, the Washington Wizards took touch, touch, touch Roy Hachimura. Good player. Um, I hope he's NBA ready because at the college level he could. He was dynamite. I you love ever, this you ever get John Wall healthy again, Brad Beal, it gives him another running mate. Yep. Like Did you imagine that three come down the court at you? And then you, oh, got, then you got Morris Twin down there that's a really tenacious player. Uh, they still got Gortat. Yeah. He's a goofy bastard that can hoop. I mean, they, they have – they can go deep in the playoffs, especially in the East. hope so. They, they could be top five. Yeah, that I like that pick for the Wizards. All, all health. All health. you yeah. got to throw – if there's no John Wall, there's no no work there. Right. But Raji Hachimura, man, I've loved this kid all year. Yeah. Um, but the player I was mentioning that if they were going to make this trade – because when you make a trade, you tell the team who to draft. Um so if the Pelicans were making the trade with the Hawks, they should have told them to draft this player who the Hawks actually tucked with number 10, Cam Reddish. The kid was inconsistent, but when he was on at Duke, he was on. As good a shooter in America as you'll find, you would have put him back with Zion Williamson with that young core we've already mentioned in New Orleans. All Cam has to do in a situation like that, run, find your spot, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, even Zion's going to find you knockdown jumpers. That would have been nice. Yeah. He, he is going to be a – he's probably the sleeper of the draft for me because in the college game, especially when you got two – once in a generational player, and then you got the kid that came in behind him that was predicted number one pick, and you're the third third lineup, you're not going to get the same opportunities you would if you'd have went, you know, just up Tobacco Road or something. Now, no, no pun to North Carolina, they're phenomenal beat Duke. But when you when you mesh these three players together, one of them's not going to have the same type of year as the other two. There's just not enough not enough balls to go around, and, and Cam is going to do something special. I think. I think you're right. I think Cam is. He's not obviously not the two way player that Clay Thompson is. He's not as good a shooter, but I see him in that kind of. I see him in that kind of Clay mode where he can get a shot off anywhere, and he can stroke, but he's got to be more consistent. How many times this past season would he just 
fade for Duke. Uh, a lot of the games. He, he would just fade, but when he turned it on, he would go get 35. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't get the opportunity, like I was mentioning, because of the other two headed monster ahead of him. I, I I think he wasn't put in the position as much as the other two were to to be a ball dominant player to make big plays. That's that's fair. I, I'm just more focused too, especially when Zion went down. Uh, it was oh, him yeah. and RJ, and I just felt like he he faded. That yeah. was his time to go. That was his yeah. time to go, and he didn't do it. But he's still, I mean, he's still good enough to be top ten. So uh, yeah, how I, many I, players I, in the same team? Top you, 10? you think about this now. You pair him with Trey <laughs> Young in Atlanta. And Tori and Prince, boy, I'm telling you that they might not be able to defend their ass with four hands, but they're yeah. going to be able to shoot the ball. Like yeah. that's a team that if you had a four point a four point shot between him and Trey Young, my God, yeah. uh-huh. it doesn't. It, all that matters at the end of the game who has more points of it. Yeah, true. If you put up 130. That's a lot. Our teams, a lot of teams, can't do that. I'm, I'm very curious to see him and Trey Young play together now. I am too, because Trey's going to find him. Mm-hmm. Um, he just got to be shot ready. Number 11, this is the most puzzling pick inside the lottery that I've seen in quite a while. And this is no disrespect to this kid because we all thought he was a tremendous player. Great shooter, um, experienced guy, come from a great program in North Carolina. But with the 11th pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who end up turning around trade to the Phoenix Suns, drafted Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, coming into the draft and most draft boards, was at the very end of the first round. Some even the very beginning of the second round. And apparently the Suns thought highly enough of him to take him at the 11th pick. You think you tuck, and this is, again, no disrespect to Cam Johnson because he's a good player, but I don't think he's 11th pick. You you tuck him over guys like Tyler Hero, Romeo Langford, P.J. Washington, um, Chuma Okiki, even though he was injured, uh, Brandon Clark, Grant Williams, Ty Drum, Nasir Little, like, he got taken over all those people at pick 11. To me, this is, like, more indicative of why the Suns are in the shape they are. The Suns have as good as young talent as anybody in the league, but they can't get out of their own way. Yeah, they, they've done it forever. They just keep they keep drafting the same type of players. What was it one year they drafted, like, Johnny Flynn, like, three-point guards? Yep. In the same draft? Yep. Yeah. What the hell? Yep. But I don't know. But Maybe they thought they were going to get Cam Reddish and just stuck with the name and said to hell with it, but – I don't know. It's just it's bad. It's not bad. It's just weird. It's weird. Cam can shoot. We all know it in North Carolina. He's, he defends hard, but he's not the 11th pick. And he's going to – I don't even know. He's not even going to start, to my best knowledge, unless they put him at the three. Because the Suns just traded T.J. Warren to the Pacers. We'll get to that. I mean, I guess you could start him at three, but Booker's your starting two. Yeah. The, the Suns needed a point guard. Yeah. I, they needed a point guard. They still need a point guard. This was a pick I was talking about in the intro that really, really shocked me. Did not expect that. I was laying in my bed, and they said 11 pick goes to Cameron Johnson. And I stood up and said, what the hell? Um, the dude can shove. He shot like 45% at North Carolina consistently. He's probably one of the best shooters in this draft. I don't get this pick. They definitely need a point guard. I don't know if there's any actually point guards even left that's even worthy of getting drafted. So maybe that's the reason why. Um, with three picks or three. But uh, they could have kept their sixth pick and two. drafted Kobe White, who yeah. went seven. Or you could have kept Jarrett Culver, who could have transitioned to play point guard. True. Yeah. See, what happened to the Suns of the draft lottery screwed them because going in the draft lottery, they had mm-hmm. the 
the high the second highest chances at number one, which would put them at the you know potentially the second pick, and they would have got John Morant. John Morant. When they slipped in the lottery and fell like that, then they traded back to get Cam Johnson. That's that's the worst lottery pick, not the worst first round pick, or the worst lottery pick I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, yeah. The, the kid's a first round <laughs> talent, but man, he should have went in the back half. He's not gonna average double digits. I don't even oh. know if he's gonna start this year. No, he might prove us wrong, but maybe. Um, Show out. Now this is biased picks here. These next two, um, you can already test, but I am going to say I think they're good picks. I'll let you guys speak on them more, and I will, but. Number 12, the Charlotte Hornets tuck P.J. Washington. Number 13, the Miami Heat tuck Tyler Hero. To me, I think they're both great fits. Uh, P.J. goes in the Charlotte, pairs up with a young core again. He, Malik Monk, he's there with an experienced guy if Tony Parker decides to come back. No, he's retired. Uh, did he retire? Yeah, okay. He pulled, the, he pulled the plug. Okay, but if Kimba does stay, now we're talking. Um, P.J. is dra- – he's NBA ready right now. Got to work on quickness. Adding three point shot really helped him. Uh, good rebounder is going to work in the post. And then Tyler Hero going. He if anybody embodies the Miami Heat lifestyle like that that um, South Florida Miami lifestyle, the swagger. Tyler Hero is the perfect candidate in this draft to go there. Pat Riley loves him. Some Tyler Hero. Um, I, I think to me, I think both of them went mm-hmm. to great spots. I think they're perfect picks for the Hornets and Heat at twelve and thirteen. Yeah, I say both of them did. Well, with their draft, you know, PJ Washington was a great player. Go back to uh, I don't remember what episode it was. It was when we had Wayne on their show. We talked about Tennessee versus Kentucky. Kentucky uh-huh. beating them. I said it back then. I was like, "Hey, I think PJ Washington can get a lottery pick." And y'all was like, "If he wants, you think he could? Think he could not?" I thought I seen it from day one. I thought he could be a lottery pick, and he ended up going to a Charlotte twelfth pick. Great pick for Charlotte. And Tyler Hero, he can stroke. I mentioned Cam Johnson being one of the best shooters in Jeff. Tyler Hero certainly up there. Apparently during his heat workout right in front of Pat Riley, he, Pat watched him go 25 from 25. <clears throat> or hit 25 in a row from three. And Pat's like, we got him. Fuck this. Uh-huh. Hopefully he didn't walk in there with that ugly-ass suit he had on. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> the, the, pick, the pick fits perfectly. You know, going to Miami with uh, Whiteside and all them mm-hmm. down there. They got some. They got some good talent. Man, that that outfit he had on, dear God, <laughs> dear Terrible. God, talk about that drip. That dripped up my asshole. That was dear God. That's that's a Miami, that's a Miami Vice type well, outfit. Well, there you go, and that's why I say he's got that swagger. He just don't care. No, he fit the mold. Um, wait, PJ to the twelve to the Hornets. That's we we talked about PJ improving his stock. I think he, no matter where he went, if he went in the lottery, he would have been. He's fine. Yeah. Yep. I. Um, so, so, and, and their division rivals too is the funny thing about it. So they'll play each other four times this year. Uh, real quick, rounding out the the lottery pick, Celtics take Romeo. Romeo had slipped right the day of the draft. The latest mock projection had Romeo going like at the very end of the first round. Celtics thought highly enough. I think it's a good place for him, but he's going to have to fight. That backcourt is loaded in Boston. That's what he needs. He's going to be healthy. And he, he needs that push because he really didn't have it at IU. He didn't get the push. But getting that hand healthy and coming into a, a team like with Brad Stevenson leading the way and, you know, you got all this talent around you, you're going to have to step up if you want to get on the court. Speaking of the draft, uh, or his suit, I like the fact that his inside of his blazer yeah, had that pinstripe. And speaking of which, which one, it was Tyler Hero, too. Inside his blazer, his jacket had the U.K. thing and had his high school logo. No, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, he I pulled just, it open. I just had to go puke when I seen him walk out there. <laughs> 
But no, Romeo to Boston, I think it's a good pick. He's going to get great coaching. He's going to play experienced team. He's not going to have the pressure right away of being a superstar, which is good for him. He, oh, yeah. he gets to maybe come off the bench, learn. I think it's a good pick for Romeo for his longevity in the NBA. He, he, he may turn into a second coming Jalen Brown if he, if he there works you go. with him. Possibly. There you go. Oh, and even Marcus Smart working with Marcus him. Marcus Smart's tough, toughness. Yeah. Oh, Marcus Smart, throw him on the floor. Yep. Yeah. Right. And if rounding out the lottery, uh, the Detroit Pistons picked at number 15. Sekou Dumbia from France. Uh, don't really know much about him, but he's got he's got that mold that you like where he's like long and athletic and linking. Teams are really high on him, so we'll see. Um, these international players that come over like this, they're either mega superstars or they're a total bust. So for the Pistons and uh, Doomby, I hope that he's the superstar. I hope he falls in that category of Porzingis, Don, uh, Luka, um, the Greek freak. hope he falls in that category. But, um, I mean, if you're the Pistons too at 15, you've already got a good team. Why not take a chance? Yeah, just I, I think the Pistons are starting to – they're never. They ain't gonna be the bad boy type ever again. No, oh, but they're turning around. They're 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 building up. Got Blake Griffin, you know, Andre Drummond. They got some big pieces. Yep, and they got some cap room too, mm-hmm. as far as I know, to make some uh, free agents. Get them healthy and keep them coming. So that rounds out the the lottery. Um, we'll take a pause for a cause, but before we do, Tyler, Applied Right Painting Services. All of your painting services needs, wants, everything that you want. JRO, he's the way to go. Anytime you want, anytime for painting, commercial, residential, anything. He just got done doing a job for a homeowner. I mean, I'm glad they painted that house because that thing was ugly. And then JR came in there, and it, it looks like it's ready to go on the market for sale. Just, you know, great color contrast. I love this stuff. So when I see JR's work, I'm, I'm real picky on seeing this stuff. and I, Everything that he puts up, I love it. So uh, anything you need, uh, go to Apply Right Painting Services, JRO. His information will always stay in the announcements as long as we are in partnership with him, which I don't see that falling anywhere out of the ordinary. And uh, and if you have any problem trying to get in contact with him, find one of us and we will get you on the path to getting your pain services need and completed. For sure. Um, with that said, we like I said, we just completed the lottery. When we come back, we'll go through the rest of the first round, hit some uh, second round picks and answer your, your, uh, your viewer fan questions. Episode number 28 of Everything College Basketball continues to chug it, chug it, chug it, chug it, chug on after this. What's happening, College Hoops fans? It is Conrad Cushman from the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast, and I'm here to tell you how you can follow Everything Pro Wrestling. First, go to your Facebook, type in the search bar, Everything Pro Wrestling. Look for our official page with over 1,000 likes and make sure you give it a like. Also, we have a closed group with over 200 members in it where you can join discussions and talk about anything and everything pro wrestling. We also have a Twitter handle, and that is at EPW Show. And we have a podcast, and the podcast is available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And remember, everything pro wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans. Now let's get back to talking some college hoops. We have returned. You know, we've uh, we've touched on the top 14 in the lottery, and then the, the next pick after that, we rounded out the top 15 selections. Uh, next up on this, we're just going to continue down the first, uh, first uh, round of picks here. The Magic picked a player that, if not injured in the NCAA tournament, probably could have and 
possibly won the national championship game, and Chuma Okiki, a very versatile uh, swing forward for Auburn, who was just phenomenal. I was really high on this kid. I loved watching him play. Josh always talked about how Auburn could have done really well, and they did. And with this kid going down, kind of put the, put the halt on their season. But Chumo Akiki to the Magic, I think the Magic got a special talent here. I do too. Um, and yeah, the injury, it's much like the Darius Garland situation. Um, he may or may not play this season, but it's a talent for the future. And definitely Chuma. And maybe he, maybe there's some that say he shouldn't went this high. But if he was healthy, he'd have went this high, maybe even higher. Uh, Tyler mentioned it, you know, at Auburn, the kid is an explosive 6'7", 6'8", forward, shoots the ball well, defends, obviously play for Auburn, you run the floor well. He does, He's a Mr. Do-it-all player, kind of came out of nowhere in a way, and he had the tournament of his life going. He lit up Kansas, mm-hmm. lit up North Carolina, and it was in the process of lighting up Kentucky. Before he got hurt. Yeah, 20-some points with like 12 minutes to go and got hurt. Got hurt. And then Auburn still rallied and won the game. Had and had he – oh, yeah, he got, he, hurt got North, he got hurt against North Carolina. I forgot. And didn't play against Kentucky, and they still won. You're right. Yeah. But he, he lit Kansas he up. Still lit, lit, him up. lit North Carolina up. Um, and then you think about it. Had Auburn had Chuma, a healthy Chumo Kiki against Virginia – we might be sitting here talking about Auburn national champions because they played Virginia to the wire. You, There's no reason to think that you got a guy like Okiki and give him his 18, 19, 20 points. They might have blew Virginia out. Him and Hunter would have been a matchup from hell to watch. That would have been awesome. Uh-huh. Um, Chumwood's got the prototypical, like Tyler said, he's got the NBA skill set. He's got the NBA body. When he's healthy, um, I think he can do big things in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So I, I – I'm fine with the pick. I, again, who, who remember prayers up for Okiki? Who who doesn't want to root for a kid like that? No clue. Josh Hines. Yeah, yeah. Falcon man. <laughs> oh, man. How many SEC players has that made so far through the first sixteen picks? We've got one, Darius Garland. Two, three. So that was the fourth. Yeah, that's not bad for the SEC so far. Yeah. Not bad at all. First three in the ACC from the same ten, top ten. <laughs> yeah, damn. How many from ACC did we have? At least four. Five, we had one, five. two, three, four, five, six, 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 yeah. six inside the top sixteen picks. Seven inside the top seventeen picks. When you go to the Nets, drafted Nikhil Alexander Walker. Oh man. Um, they got a kid from Virginia Tech. I think, is that not – I think that's the cousin of Shea Gilders Alexander. Yes, yeah, because he was um, – Shea was at the draft. Okay, so that's – In the interview, they talking. And they cool. played each other, Shea's one year at Kentucky. Yep. Um, a good – it's the way the point guards have been going. It's another big point guard. He's what, like 6'6"? Six, six? Yeah. 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Around there. He's the point guard of the future. Oh, wait, he was – Wait, did he – wait, hold on. The Nets didn't keep this draft pick, did they? No. Took him to the Hawks, who in return took him to the so, Pelicans. It was one of them wham, wham, wham type So, if he goes to the Pelicans and plays back up to Lonzo Ball, oh, oh. my God. Oh if my I, we need to confirm that. But if he really is at the Pelicans – He is. I remember seeing that go through that way. Yeah, that's – I didn't know that. Jesus Christ, the Pelicans. <laughs> How many people is going to load up playing the Pelicans this year in NBA 2K? 
Oh, like everybody. Starting their franchises with them. And stuff. Cody Adams. Cody Adams. I, I might swing and play as them here and there online. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I'm going to look this up real quick. Go to the Pacers pick and pick number 18. Pacers pick number 18. Goga Betizia. Something like that. But, yeah. Bit bit. bit of, Deezy? Bit of Deezy. Bit of Deezy. Oh, yes, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker did go to the Pelicans. My God. My God. The Pelicans can make the playoffs the first year with this team. Yep. yep. Um, Number seven. So here's a controversial in a way. Obviously, we're Indiana people. Um, Pacers pick number 18. There's a lot of players they could have got. Um, a lot of special talent that they could have got. Um, you look down the draft, we'll get to some of them. But they said on a go-go bit of Deezy. Um, uh, he's a center. Um, from I think at the Republic of Georgia, played overseas for Metabiza. Actually, can he played the he played on that Europe, one of those European teams. Kentucky played in the summer last year and beat up. Um, he's a big body. He's talented around the rim. The pick doesn't really make a lot of sense. He's going to back up Miles Turner and um, Demontis Sabonis. Mm-hmm. If he pans out. It, this is another one. If he pans out, it's a great pick because now you have another guy that maybe like Pau Gasol or somebody, right? If it doesn't pan out, then you've wasted a draft pick in your first round. But I will say this. The Pacers did come out in fairly good shape out of the draft. I mean, they got they got a backup guy essentially that could turn out, you know, but they got – Three future second-round picks while clearing enough cap space. They've got like 30-some million now for free agency. And they got T.J. Warren from the Suns in a draft pick or a trade. I think depending on what they do in free agency and they go along with Goga, here's your first-round pick. I think Pacers set up. They can make a big run. They need a point guard. I, I think <laughs> They that, need a point guard. I think he was a piece. I think they're keying in on a player. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who, but I think this kid is going to be a package deal to send in to get another max contract to go along with Victor. Are you, I, I think I think that's what could happen. Are you thinking – because the rumors going around that uh, the Pacers are eyeing either D'Angelo Russell or Kimba Walker, yep. which we need a point guard. I would – as far as age, D'Angelo. I would too. As far as the type of player, I want Kimba. But Kimba – that's why I want Kimba because he's been killing it in uh, Charlotte. You pair him with Vic – now you got a backcourt that's explosive because Kimba, the one thing Pacers have lacked for years now, they've had some good point guards, but they've not had anybody who could go get their own in time of no. need. Kimba could go get his own. Well, the thing with D'Angelo, he's only had one, like this past year was his one proven year. Yep, of made the all-star game. Yep. Every time else he's a ball-dominant player, and his efficiency per whatever it is was terrible. But this year he turned it around. Kimba's proven it. I, I could see him fitting in this this town with this team very, very nicely. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and if the Pacers do keep Goga, then he looks that he could turn into um, – he, he's the kid, if you mind forgot the pre-draft things, I was right next to Zion and nobody, nobody t- was with him. They paired him right next to Zion. It wasn't Zion's fault. It was just the, the media no, disrespecting you, this kid. You, you know? got it. You got to give the the kid his due diligence and let him let him have a moment to get one fucking question. Yep. Dear God, where are you from? I'm over here. Yeah. You know, that's all you get. Whatever. But don't put him next to the most prolific pick we've had in the past twenty years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But anyways, Goga, he's got talent. He's definitely got skills around the rim. Could be a good piece. I think he would fit in so much well. He feels. He feels like a 
player that Greg Popovich would have made a superstar. Yeah. Like a foreign big man. But Trade him. Give us Rudy Gay. Yeah, there you go. Um, so it w- even with – or Deontay Murray, give him a starting point guard. I'll take that, too. Deontay Murray. Put Victor at the I'll one. You can move Victor at yeah. the one, have Rudy Gay or Deontay <clears throat> Murray. Yep. So with that, you know, again, Pacers, it was an okay pick. We'll, we'll cross our fingers. But I think – Moving forward, though, the Pacers are set up pretty nicely. TJ Warren's, uh, he's, a, he's a monster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he wants to be. Former NC State player. Um, speaking of the Spurs, pick 19 they had down. Took Lucas Samanich, um, another foreign player. So, there you go. Celtics had pick number 20, but traded to the 76ers. Matias Thibel from Ooh. Washington. I don't know about this pick. Um, he's sketchy on defense because he's always played in his own under Washington. Good offense player. We'll see. I don't know if he fits well with the 76ers. Man, toss up. Pick number 21, I think Thunder got a great pick here. Um, if they keep it, they might have traded it to the Grizzlies, though, it looks like. But whoever, Thunder or the Grizzlies, Brandon Clark from Gonzaga. Brandon Clark's a do-it-all type of kid. Uh, that, that'd be a good piece to go along with old boy John Morant at the Grizzlies. There uh-huh. you go. Celtics with another first-round pick they've compiled all these years. Grant Williams. Grant Williams, pick number 22, the, the Boston Celtics. Uh, I'm trying to fit, figure out how he fits in, though, because he's not like – he's 6'9". He's not like athletic by jumping standards. So he's not going to play above the rim. He, he's definitely improved his jump shot. You know he's going to play hard, tenacious. He fits right in the NBA as much as he flops around. Um. He's going to a great program, like he'll t- pair up with Romeo. But, man, that type of he, – he's got the exact same build of Draymond without the the basketball IQ and defense and the passability of Draymond. Yeah. He's like no. – Draymond didn't come in playing like he is now. we got to give this kid an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. I, I think Grant could come in. He wouldn't. He's not going to reach Draymond level. Draymond's doing some special things, and I hate that dude. But – Grant Williams could probably come in and be a good six man somewhere in the league or a nice journeyman average 15 points a game for somebody. See, I'm even trying to compare him. I was thinking maybe the Morrison, the Morris twins, but the Morris twins though, are they're about the same height, but they're more athletic looking like their build. Grant, they're quick. Grant, yeah. Grant's stronger. Like, like he's ox strong. Right. And the Morris twins are more vertical up and down athletic. I don't know, man. I hope the kid has a good career, you know. Um, even though he played Tennessee and he flopped around a lot, I thought he's a great player. Yeah, he's he's got good players to to learn from. The one good thing the one good thing about Grant Williams, he's a tremendous leader. Mm-hmm. A very good leader, fits right in with Brad Stevens. So if anywhere, Boston's the best place for him. Yeah. Um yep. we'll we'll see. Um but I definitely thought he was a first round pick. Pick 23, the Jazz Tech high school prospect, Darius Basley. Darius Basley is a kid who signed with, or was going to Syracuse, opted to go pro elsewhere. He comes back, pick number 23 to the Jazz, who I think ended up trading it to the Thunder. I don't know with all these trades. But that's a prime case, RJ Hampton, that this kid was a five-star kid, should have went to Syracuse. If he blows up at Syracuse, this kid, all the talent in the world, could have been top 10 pick. Oh, yeah. But that just goes to show you you get out of the light and you fall 15 spots. Looking at the end of the first round here, anything that surprises you? 
I got two of them that surprises me. I didn't expect Nassir Little at number 25 getting drafted so low. That's same with me. That was my first surprise at the end there. He went 25. Coming into the season, he was as high as like number <clears throat> seven or eight on draft boards. Yeah. And he slipped tremendously because remember what we said about Cam Reddish, some inconsistency? Nassir Little was the same way. Disappeared. Um, didn't live up to his defensive moniker all the time. Nope. But – he goes to the Trailblazers. Trailblazers coming off of a good year, so getting to play with him. getting to play with Dame Dalla, Damian Lillard, and what's that other card? CJ McCollum. McCollum. He's going to get to learn and adapt with these guys. I think that's a good fit. Yeah, and it's a it's wing puzzling, stopper. Yeah, yeah, it's puzzling where he went or where he fell, but yeah, as far as where he fell, he fell right in the pocket, not where he needed to go. And then for me, pick number twenty nine at the Spurs. Nobody all year, even up to the draft itself, nobody expected Keldon Johnson from Kentucky to fall to 29. Coming into the year, he was rated the highest draft prospect of all the players on Kentucky. He was rated right there inside the top 10, and he slipped. I thought he had a good year at Kentucky, a little inconsistent as well. But, man, when the dominoes start to fall, though, boy, he, he damn near slipped outside of the first round. But yeah. he lands in probably the best spot for him, uh-huh. goes and plays under Pop, gets to learn out of the, arguably the best coach. and But, man, he slipped all the way to 29. Did not expect yeah. that. If I wasn't in the nosebleeds at Rep Arena, he would have got a 20-ounce across the head for how many shots he hit against Kansas. Oh, yeah, he lit him up. Dear God, <laughs> I, was, I was ready to throw shit at him. He was just killing yeah, he, he Spurs are going to get a good shooter. He plays hard defensively, great athleticism. I'm just surprised he fell. I mean, you look at some of the people taken ahead of him, and just mind-boggling. But he, he made it to the first round. And with that, Kentucky in 10 years since Kyle Perry's been there now has a player drafted to every single team in the NBA. All 30 teams have been had a Kentucky player selected. Hmm. Um, on the second round real quick, Carson Edwards, Purdue superstar, ends up going 33rd pick to the 76ers, traded to the Boston Celtics. So now we have Carson Edwards and Romeo in Boston. Carson, I think, is going to just be a good journeyman himself, too. He's real on the small side. Obviously, we know he scores the ball. Isaiah Thomas, the new Isaiah Thomas type. Yeah. um, We all know he scores the ball. But if he stays in Boston, he's going to have a hard time finding playing time, I think. Yeah. You got Rozier. You got Brown. Now you got Romeo. I think he's a good player. He really, really shined in the tournament. I thought he's one of these players you probably should have came back, honestly. Looking down second round, um, Daniel Gafford went to 38 to the Bulls. I think that's a good pick, especially second round, because Daniel Gafford started the year was first-round talent from Arkansas. Um, a little surprising he fell to the second round that far. Admiral Schofield. Tennessee running mate to the 76ers, but got traded to the Wizards. I think he makes the Wizards team. Admiral's another leader, improved his jump shot throughout the year. I know you were a fan of Admiral oh, Schofield this year. He's um, gonna, that jump shot's just going to get better. Yep. Now here's the biggest surprise of the, the whole second round is just how far Ball Ball fell. Dear Lord. Ball Ball went pick number 44 to the Miami Heat, traded to the Denver Nuggets. Which is funny because I think his dad played for the Denver Nuggets, Manute Bowl back in the day. For the Bullet, Washington Bullets. Bullets, but I think he played for the Nuggets too. Maybe. But um, Bowl Bowl, even as high as like the day of the mock draft, he was top 20. And he fell. I know the injuries, and I you hear stuff that he uh, his work ethic's bad and this and that, but he's a seven foot two guy. 
that shoots the three at a high percentage. I know he's not got a lot of muscle, but he's still a seven-foot guy that shoots the three. You're, what, 20 years old? and You're not going to have that kind of muscle when you grow that rapidly. Bowl Bowl went from projected to guaranteed $3.9 million to guaranteed absolutely nothing at the 44th pick. And he needs to get something to pay for that ugly-ass suit he had on, that uh, big spider web on. Second ugliest suit in the, in the draft. <laughs> I'd I, I say, yeah, probably second. Second ugliest. Bowl Bowl was another guy. He had his mind made up before the start of the season. He was leaving Oregon. He, especially after his injury, if you give him, if he would just been smart about it and came back to Oregon, played a full healthy season, he puts himself in the 2020 draft to position to make not only the first round, maybe even the lottery, but make millions of dollars. This yeah. is why you don't automatically assume that you you got to leave college. Yeah. Rookie minimum. Yeah. Here he comes. Um, Quindary Witherspoon, 49 pick to the – San Antonio Spurs, Quindary Witherspoon, Mississippi State guard that could light it up. You go get nice. you 40 at any night. Um, fan of his. Tremont Waters. Tremont Waters. Waters. To the Celtics. The Celtics. Uh, God, I'm talk- we talked about this earlier about the Pelicans setting themselves up in the position to be like the Celtics. The Celtics from even back the KD trade are still getting picks. They're just – they keep throwing pieces together and they're, they're going to be set. I just don't know if Tremont Waters makes the roster. We just talked about Carson Edwards struggling with the Celtics. You've got Romeo. You've got – if Kyrie stays, you've got Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Like, that's a loaded backcourt. Kyrie's um, gone. That's the reason why they're drafting all these guys. He's going to you might, I think you're right. But even still, Tremont's going to – I I think he's a, can play in the league, but I don't think the Celtics is the right fit for him. Bargain in peace, I think, for trading down the line. He yeah. can stroke. How about Kyle Guy? Pick 55 to the Knicks, the Knicks trading to the Kings. I like the pick. Um, we'll see now. See if he can make a spot. He can go out there and, and give Buddy Hill a, a breather every once in a while. Kyle Guy, we're, we've mentioned that he's a great player, but I just I don't see him being a, a huge impact in the league. Be a good player. He'll be he'll be somebody, you know, who comes off the bench to give you some good minutes, but I think he's if he wants to make the league, he's going to have to be that. Um, oh, who's who's the comparison I'm looking for? Not because he doesn't shoot as well as Kyle Korver, but he's going to be that kind of just an ace in the hole type guy mm-hmm. that just knocks shots down. Yep. Um, Jordan Bone picked seventy or fifty seven of the Pelicans, who got traded to the Pistons eventually. Yeah. Jordan Bone from Tennessee, great, awesome video that showed that when he finally got drafted, how excited he was. That was cool. At the Pistons, I think he has a chance to make it. Jordan Bone, uh, we mentioned that Tennessee this year in big games, he shot like 45% from three, and he could always – Pistons need another guard like that. Yep. So that kind of rounded out the NBA draft. Um, we did have your guys' fan questions Tyler asked for. We got a couple we'll try to answer here real quick. Um, all in all, the draft, though, it always has surprises. But some of them this year more so, especially inside that lottery, the Cam Johnson pick just blew my mind. It blew my mind. Bowl Bowl was for me. Yeah. But as far as the questions we got, our first one's from uh, Connor McCable. Thank you. You know, you're always active in the group. He asks, is it a positive or a negative that no Jayhawks were drafted Thursday night? Traditionally, it's a negative. But based on this year with all the injuries and everything that, you know, was surrounding, you know, the De Sosa thing, uh, having to pull up players, I don't think it's a negative this year. Dedrick Lawson signed with uh, the Golden State Warriors uh, summer league team, which I think he could develop and, and and get into the league through them. But specifically on this year, 
I don't think it's a negative, but as far as a whole, I think so because that's that's another recruiting element to a team is can you get me to the league? And you know, like Josh mentioned, Kentucky's got uh, Calipari's had a player from on each NBA team now drafted. So that that's a cool thing to say to a kid. You know, all thirty teams I got a player for. You know, and then Bill Bill this year, well, I didn't have nobody drafted, but here's why. But that's that's his can be an argument. But this year, no negative, and a whole, yeah, it's a negative. I think you summed up perfectly. I I agree one hundred percent. Um, yeah, of course, you always want somebody. You want to show off the draft, say you at least have somebody you know, in the first round or whatever draft. But for this year's sake, it does set Kansas up very, very nicely. Yeah. Um, they'll be a top three team all year. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you got any thoughts on that real quick? No, nah, he's basically said everything I had to say. Great point. Yeah, uh, that's why I let him lead off with it. That's very good stuff. Uh, so, thank you, Connor Makabe. Makabe. McCabe, McCabe, You know I ain't giving names. Oh, I just call him McCabe yeah. regardless. <laughs> Go ahead. And, now we have another one from longtime yeah. friend, Mr. Johnny Strout. He's like, "Who's your biggest head scratcher of the draft?" And he, he gave out his was the foreign big man. He goes, "It seems like it may lead to a trade of Sabonis." I like the pick as far as it being, you know, a, a back player for Sabonis and Turner, or a bargaining pick. But if they let if they let Sabonis go, yeah, I think it's a big head scratcher. But for me, my head scratcher, like I mentioned before, was Bull Bull falling as far as he did. Um, speaking on the Pacers part, real quick about Sabonis is what he said about Sabonis. Seems Maybe like, like it may trade. Um, if they were trading anybody, I'd like to see him get rid of Miles Turner and keep Sabonis. Sabonis has proven to be more tenacious, tenacious God, as great. a rebounder, scores better, better passer. And he doesn't disappear. He plays bigger in situations. Miles tends to have that Roy Hibbert syndrome sometimes where he disappears when we need him. Um, head scratcher, I've already mentioned it. Um, I'll, I'll give you three. Cam Johnson at the 11th pick. Kellen Johnson falling to the 29th pick. Bowl Bowl, 44th pick. Those are my three. My two with Cam Johnson, 11th pick. And um, you see a little following the 25th pick. Those are my two head scratchers. So thank you, Johnny. I'm glad to see you're on the mend as well. Keep supporting us. We appreciate that. Yep. Next one up, it's uh, Mike Fish. He goes, how do they pick the number 14 instead of 15 for lottery selections? I asked Peyton this last night, and he didn't He didn't know, so I let him, I let him in on it. The reason why there is 14 instead of 15 is because there's 30 teams. 16 of those teams make it to the playoffs, and the remaining 14 fall into the draft lottery. So it's it's a numbers game is the reason why it's 14 instead of 15. Now, if there was 31 teams, you know, it'd, it'd bump up one or, or whatnot or have her go. But that, that's how that plays out. Simple enough. You mm-hmm. answer it yourself. Yep. Mr. William Jones, he goes, why did a guy like Kyle Guy go so late at the 55 pick? I just I didn't see anywhere in the draft that he stood out more than the players ahead of him. Good player, good collegiate player, very good collegiate player, extremely good high school player, but there's different levels to it. And I just I don't see that how he could have he's still going he's still in the league. He's still gonna get some minutes, but I don't see how he could have been nowhere near the lottery. I'm glad you said that. You again, you're you've been spot on with these QAs. I'll just add to it. Um, yeah, there's one thing to be a great high school and a great college player, but he, to be honest, he doesn't have the bounce that you need in the NBA, meaning off the dribble with your handles, 
to go create a shot in the NBA per se right now. Um, he, he doesn't have great size length either. It's like he don't have a great wingspan. He's, he's good at a lot of things. He's a good defender. He's a good shot maker. He's a good um, three-point shooter, but he's not great, and he doesn't have the potential ceiling to be great. I think just getting drafted at the 55 pick is the best spot for him. So That's a win in, in itself. Yeah, so I agree 100%. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with all that. You got anything on it? Yeah, he can shoot. He can defend. But he's not the best defender in this draft. He's definitely not the best shooter in this draft. I think there's nowhere else for him to go, really. Yeah, if he didn't play as well as he did in the tournament, I don't think he'd have been drafted. I, right. Yeah, I am 100% same. with that. Summer Hildebrand, one of our one of our bigger hitters on as far as activity in the group. She has – Josh even answered this question already, you know, prematurely and wouldn't even think about it. But Bobo going from lottery to midsection – or midsection. I'm going to punch you in the midsection. <laughs> Mid, mid-second round, Josh touched on it, talking about his work ethic not being the greatest, the injury – him already predetermining wanting to go uh, prior to uh, prior to even starting at Oregon, he knew he was wanting to leave. His side, like his strength and everything, that's Josh already touched on that one. So that was I don't got anything else to add on that. Do you guys? No, uh, that's it. Yeah, I pretty much answered that. I think he should definitely came back after that injury. And Peyton's got something on this question. It's the uh, summer as well. She goes, "Y'all got to talk about the Kobe reaction to Cam getting drafted." He's got a little. This is probably the best reaction I've seen in my life. It was so funny. It even shows his uh, like shocking factor that his teammate, Carolina teammate, got drafted. Eleventh. How do you react to that news? He went what? Eleventh. Cam in the draft. Eleventh. Yep. It's right on the screen right there. Wow. Wow. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That's so love, bro. Because y'all, if y'all know Cam, you don't know how hard Cam work. And, you know, it's a lot of people that doubt him. But, wow, I'm just, bro, it's such a – that's crazy, bro. Wow, that's so crazy. I'm so happy for him right now. Y'all don't understand how happy I am for Cam. Because he, like, he proved it night in, night out that he deserves to be, you know, in the conversation for a lottery pick, man. He shot the ball like anyone I've never seen before in my life or played with. So, I'm so – Wow, bro, that's cra- I'm getting chills. <laughs> you see, he's trying to backtrack because he's like, "Wow, really? You actually got hit? Yeah. yeah. Exactly oh, but I, wait a minute. Let me tell you why you should have got that's back. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> he was, he's like, "Wow, I can't believe I it. can't believe this crap." That you was know, hilarious. I mean, no, nah, no, it's that's his boy. He wants to hype him up, but he knew, like Kobe knew, it wasn't going to happen that soon. But somehow, some way, some divine reason. They pulled his number out of the hat and took him. That was <laughs> wow. the best reaction. That that's a uh, that's good stuff. That goes right along with the Zion we played at the top of the show. Uh, good stuff though. But yeah, we we appreciate your guys' fan questions and um, you know anytime any subject we encourage this. It's fun for us. So excuse me real quick. So that wraps up the Tests NBA. Us. Yeah, Tests absolutely, us, yeah. and it it gives us a different thing to think about. You guys have questions that. We might have covered a topic, but you might have a challenge us a new way of looking at mm-hmm. it. So um, always bring in the fan questions. We'll try to do this from time to time. Wraps up the NBA draft for the 2019. Um, so now we turn our attention to 2020 and beyond. Um, it's really start time to get this college season rolling now. We're going to take one last pause for a cause. When we come back, we'll start to wrap up episode number 28 of Everything College Basketball.
Do you like t-shirts? Do you like being in control of customizing your own t-shirts? Well, have no fear. Mr. T's is here. I am Tyler Cook, owner and operator of Mr. T's Customizable T-Shirts. I can do anything that you need as far as, you know, wedding parties, birthdays, anything that you want and need, come to me and I can see if I'll help you out. You can reach me on Facebook. Just search Tyler Cook in there. Uh, you can find me. Any, you can get my email. I'll send out an email. I'm going to create a page that I'll later add in here. But uh, anything that you need as far as customizable T-shirts, I can I can hook you up. I can get you done right at a reasonable price. But other than that, go back to hearing our wonderful voices on ECB Podcast. And we're back as we start to wind stuff down here. We got, uh, I'm going to send it to Josh because he has some news for you guys. So, Josh, go ahead and go at it. Yeah, um, we couldn't get out of here without – it's been actually, you know, in the summer we either have a lot of news or it's a dead week. And this we have some news here actually. Um, playing off the whole the whole draft thing, obviously when people get drafted, it's not necessarily the end. Um, teams pick people up for like summer league tryouts, stuff like that. One of them being seven foot six Taco Fall from UCF, the Celtics. There's a there's Celtics again, but they signed Taco to a summer deal. Just to, and what's it going to hurt? Because if he plays well in the summer and he can make your roster, now you have a seven six guy who can protect the rim, mm-hmm. right? And if he doesn't, then you didn't really waste much. Uh, it, same with Dedrick Lawson signed a signed a summer deal. I can't remember where he went. Indiana's um, Juwan Morgan signed with I think the Jazz a summer deal. So it happens all the time. People sign summer deals. So and it you know if they play well in the summer and you can find a roster spot for them, then great. If not, you ain't losing nothing. UConn. Now you remember a couple episodes ago we had did our show on the old Big East and how big of a factor UConn was in it. And we said, we wish old Big East was around. It was stupid. Somebody's listening to us because it came out this week that UConn is expected to rejoin the Big East in football and then in basketball to follow. Um, the American Athletic Conference just isn't for them. And the whole scheduling of the American Athletic Conference is like all over the nation anyways. The UConn, the UConn, UConn, needs to be in the Big East from here until the end of time. It just fits the same way like UConn, Georgetown, Syracuse, St. John's, all of them need to play. But UConn back in the Big East just feels right. Yeah, it's just it's their location. I mean, it's the, regionally, that's they're in the East. They don't need to be bouncing around all over the country and all this crap. They, they need to be – where they built themselves at. If you you're gonna you're you're backstepping by going to this other conference. You're you're falling back. You never want to take a step down. You always want to keep climbing, and and going to the, the the American Conference. It's they should they should come back to the Big East, and I'm glad that they're making moves to do it. Yeah, and here's the thing too. If UConn can get back to UConn level, and you bring them back to the Big East, as good as Villanova's been the last eight years or so. Now it's now it's real interesting. And if Georgetown could continue to get better under Patrick, you, dude, you've got the makings of the Big East being good again. Yeah, please, fun. I need that. I love the old Big East. Yeah. Love them. Yeah, you've got the makings of them being good again, which <clears throat> is real fun. <laughs> uh-huh. Real fun. And you think about it too, even Butler's in there now, and Marquette, and yeah, you got people taking steps forward to get better, like Butler and Marquette. They're not they're not going to go back to the horizon and all this crap. They're going to stay in the Big East. Yep. 
Um, let's see. I, oh, speaking of moving, we talked about a couple weeks ago. Bellarmine, D2's Bellarmine, the powerhouse in Division 2, are officially making the move to Division 1, joining the Atlantic Sun Conference. You guys remember when I spoke on this a few weeks back, Bellarmine's right there inside Louisville. They have been – they won the D2 National Championship 2011. They've been a powerhouse. Starting in the summer of 2020, which is next year, they will transition to the D1. Bellarmine within – Five seasons. So I'm saying within 2025, they will be a mid-major force to be reckoned with. They won't be quite at the level of like Butler used to be at, but they will be at that level where you would see like a Wichita State or somebody. They are that good of a program, and they're going to cause Louisville fits. Yeah. They're right there inside the city, and now they moved up to D1, and it'll cause some issues with Louisville. I think Louisville's obviously going to be the power inside the city, but Bellarmine's no slouch. Yeah, we played them. We played them last season. We beat them. But they gave us definitely gave us a tough test. So it's good to see them in D one finally. Yeah, if you're if you're a D one player, D one capable player, and you're like, hey, come to Louisville, you're going to get like eight to ten minutes, or you can stay in the same city and come to Bellarmine and be a starter. Yeah, I mean, I I know where I'd go. Yeah, and Bellarmine, the Atlantic Sun too. I'm telling you, within five years of them being like ready to go and eligible and getting adjusted to D one. They will run the Atlantic Sun or be one of those teams that do it year in, year out. They're that they're that type of program. Um, Idaho. Idaho. We never talk about Idaho. Idaho has fired men's basketball coach Don Verlin after he was placed on administrative leave following a consultant's report that found potential NCAA violations. Uh, Idaho. But here's the thing, okay? Um, they found... Three possible violations. He was 177 and 176 in the 11 seasons at Idaho. Here's the thing. A, a place like Idaho is going to get the hammer, but let's just be honest. Kentucky, Kansas, our schools, Duke, Carolina, <clears throat> we can skate by with a lot. But a place like Idaho, you find a small violation and it's out the door it's, because it's the hammer's coming. Good. It's trying to make this stuff look good, trying to make it look viable for the reason, for the cause. Your guy went 177-176. I could do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, as a coach, because you, you're just gonna get decent players. But it's they're like Josh said, the higher up they got the money, money talks, you're not gonna get this crap. It's ridiculous. So pretty much wraps up all the news and everything as we start to wind down. Anything you guys wanna just speak on for a second before we get out of here? You got one piece of news. But you forgot to mention. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Nick Patino has announced that he is leaving his coaching job in Greece and returning to America. Yeah, and it says, though, he's not coming <clears throat> back to college basketball right away. He's wanting to try to find, like, a consultant job or something as an assistant coach in the NBA. If I'm an NBA team, I am swooping Rick Patino up in a heartbeat. We've already said as a college team I would. As an NBA team, if you can bring on a guy like Rick Patino with experience and the knowledge he has to set on your bench with you, you would be absolutely stupid not to. Heard it here first. Idaho. Don't <laughs> Idaho. <laughs> nah, Josh, Josh nailed it. I, I think he can, he can do a lot of different things at a lot of different levels. NBA, as he knows, the, the prime spot. But I, I think if there's a right opening at the right position in the college world, I, I think he can take it and, and, and really – 
you know, right off into the sunset and let, kind of sweep that crap under the rug from prior years. Here's the thing about Rick Pitino. You joked about Idaho, and he, he he wouldn't go there. But if he went to a place like Idaho, you bet your ass that he'd have them in the top 25 eventually. Eventually. He would eventually get players. He would sell some type of four- or five-star athlete. Oh, yeah, man, Idaho's the place you need to be at. It's quiet, and he would have Idaho rocking and rolling. You've had potatoes? You ain't had a potato like you've had for <laughs> Phenomenal. Hey, there's a joke there, too. Rick Pitino, Idaho, strippers. I mean, I don't know. There's a okay, joke there somewhere. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's something. <laughs> they peel the layers off, we peel potatoes. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> uh, oh, man. With that, I think it's time to start winding this thing down, wrapping up the NBA draft. Um, now, boys, I can't wait. NBA, our NBA season's done. College is starting to really take focus now. We're starting to ramp up with uh, college football talk, which means college basketball is not far behind. Let's see. Let's see. So with that, wrapping up episode number 28 of Everything College Basketball, I'm, of course, Josh Burton. I'm Peyton Burton. Tyler Cook. And we will catch you next week with a brand new, fresh, hot edition of Everything College Basketball. Peace. Boom.